0: So glad you guys are here. Uh, we're going to be continuing your, the series of uh, Big Words in the Bible. Pastor Earn started last week. Big Words in the Bible. And I'm going to kind of follow his lead, okay? He, 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 he did the okie doke on y'all, okay? He said, he, yeah, he said the big words, and then he used a three-letter word. Sin, okay? So I'm going to increase it. I'm going to almost double it. We're going to talk about faith today. That's five letters, okay? And so we're going <laughs> to talk about faith today. Uh, anybody need some encouragement in their faith this morning? Faith, that just like sin, faith is a smaller word with large implications in our life. And so we're going to look at the book of Hebrews today and see what God would say, would share with us, would speak to us uh, about this reality of faith uh, for where we're at in our lives. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. If you got your apps, go ahead and open that app. Uh, pastors used to say, I love the the sound of pages rustling, you know, now I, I, I love the, the glow of the app on your face <laughs> as you, as you, uh, you know, scroll on TikTok and hopefully find a Bible verse in there somewhere. So Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, we're going to get into this word. Ask the Lord to bless us this morning and get after it. OK, this is what the word of God says for Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse one. Now faith through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city that has foundation, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, family... God, we thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, would you help us to rightly divide your word and rightly apply it, God. Use the power of your word and the presence of your spirit to change us from one degree of glory to the next. And send us from this place different than when we came in. We trust all these things into your hands when we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. I want to I preach to you today from the idea, you can't win this fight without faith. You cannot win this fight. Without faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not giving up. up. Turn to your second choice and say, I want to (laughs) fight. Yeah, bring that fight energy in this place today. I'm ready to fight. Crack your knuckles and get ready to go in here, okay? Uh, One of the things I love about the church is how the church brings about people coming from all different directions. Like just like an airport, you know, people coming from all different directions but hopping on the same flight. That's what the church is like. We're all coming from different places, but hopping in the same direction. And some of y'all are coming in here today, and you know that you're in a fight. Like, you, you came in today, you're well aware that you are in a fight right now. You, your marriage is experiencing difficulty, but you're fighting to keep it together. Your kids aren't living the way that you hoped they would live, but you have not given up praying for them. Maybe you got a a bad diagnosis from a doctor or someone in your family has a terrible diagnosis and you're not giving up the fight for your life in this season. And you're well aware that you're in a fight. Some of y'all are here today and you have no idea you're fighting. Don't raise your hand. But anybody here ever been sucker punched? (laughs) Sucker punch is a fight you were in that you didn't know you were in. Yeah. 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 And some of y'all are getting sucker punched by life right now. You were like, yo, I wasn't ready for this and I'm on the ground right now. Some of y'all are uh, in long-term committed relationships, marriages, some of them. You got people that you're in a relationship with, and, and maybe this has happened to you. This is a hypothetical. It's never happened in my marriage. But you're just enjoying a peaceful day one day in your house. Like, it's quiet, quiet for an hour. You and your spouse not talking to each other. You're like, man, this is a peaceful day. You're just going around, picking some things up, enjoying the peace and quiet, and you're thinking, man, my life is so... Good, I'm going to even do the dishes right now. You're doing the dishes in quiet. It's three, four hours. You eat a whole sandwich by yourself in the quiet. And all of a sudden, your spouse comes to you and says, are we fighting? Like you thought you were just enjoying your life, and they think y'all are in a fight. And that's how life is sometimes. you just living your life day to day not realizing you're taking lumps and punches as you're going and you turn around one day and you are exhausted from the fight you've been in you're taking blows you don't even understand see life will do that to you life will lull you into a rhythm of ignorance you wake up in the morning you go to work you come home from work you get the kids ready for bed you go to sleep wake up lather rinse repeat you just do the same thing Every day, And you don't realize that your soul is taking damage every day. Yeah, yeah. Just living this life. Yeah, and what the author in our text is telling us today is that, hey, you may not know it, but you're in a battle. Yeah. You're in a battle for where your mind's attention and your heart's affection will go. Yeah. And the, the author of our text says that this is a this life, this fight that we're in is, is like a race. This, and I don't know about y'all, but uh, we got any runners in the building? Y'all like to run for fun? Yeah, we're going to lay hands on you after service. <laughs> pray, pray for you. Because running can feel like a battle. Yeah, yeah. It, it can feel like a, a fight. And you need endurance to last that, through that race. So if you're going to finish this race of life, if you're going to reach the end of this fight called life, the author says you're going to have to have some faith to get to the end of this thing. So I want to walk through a few things of how God is calling us to activate our faith today as we fight this battle of life. The first thing we see is that your belief is proven in your battle. Your belief is proven in your battle. The author helps us today by beginning with a definition of what faith is. What does faith, faith mean? Verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, This word assurance in the Greek is hypostasis, which translates to confidence. Faith is a confidence that we have. And by defining faith as assurance and conviction, the author tells us that biblical faith is not some vague hope grounded in imaginary wishful thinking. That's not what faith is. Instead, faith is a settled confidence That something in the future, something that's not yet seen but has been promised to us by God will come to pass not because we're going to make it happen, not because we're going to manifest that thing, but because God himself will bring it about in our lives. So biblical faith is not a blind trust in the face of contrary evidence. It's not some unknowable leap in the dark. No, biblical faith is confident trust in an eternal God who's all-powerful, infinitely wise, and eternally trustworthy. Amen? Amen? This same God has revealed himself to us in the scriptures and through the person of Jesus Christ, whose promises have proven true from generation to generation. This is who we put our faith in. Not that we can bring things about, but that he will be faithful to what he's promised. And he says this faith is seen through the testimonies of a few people. Now, in chapter 11, we see this author kind of go on a rant. And we don't know who the author of Hebrews is. It's kind of been debated throughout uh, academia who this author is. But what I like to imagine the author of Hebrews is is a charismatic preacher. He's a spirit-filled preacher that that in chapter 11, he's just beginning to get the juices flowing in his sermon. He's getting ready to hoop and bring us into worship, taking us from a a head understanding to a heart belief of what he's teaching. And he begins to walk through testimonies of people who have had to activate faith in their life. And he begins to preach (laughs) that he says, (laughs) walk with me, okay? He says it was by faith, y'all say faith. That Abel won a battle. Either he could love his stuff or he could be generous with what he had. He said it was by faith, say faith, Faith. that Enoch, after walking faithfully for 300 years, and y'all know it takes some faith to be alive for 300 years because there's some 30-year-old in here struggling right now. Y'all are like, hey, this adult life ain't for me. They want rent every month, every month, and I got to eat three times a day? And ramen won't do it? I don't, listen, this is a struggle for me right now in my 30s. And Enoch lived faithfully for 300 years. And it was by faith that he was taken by God, not even tasting death. And you know it was by faith, say faith, Faith. that even though Noah had never seen a drop of rain, y'all, that he trusted God when he said, build a boat. And you know he walked every day to that garage to pick up that hammer and swing that thing while all his neighbors were like, look at Noah's raggedy behind. He, he doesn't know how to fish. There's no rain here. There's not a lake anywhere around here. And he's building a boat. All people talking stuff on Noah. And every day, because God had told him what to do, he was obedient. And it was by faith, say faith, faith. that Abraham trusted God to move somewhere he'd never seen. Just because God told him to. I wish I had somebody in here that God had told to do something you couldn't see. And you walked it out. It was by faith, say faith, that Sarah received the power to conceive even though she thought it was impossible. Not her friends. She believed it was impossible. I wonder if anybody in here has ever been told something was impossible but believed God would do it anyway. And then he begins to get wound up in verses 32 through 38. He says, and what more shall I say? And y'all know pastors are lying when they say they don't got nothing else to say. When this, what, what else can I say? Well, you can say a whole lot, pastor. Pastors say, hey, I'm about to be done. You're like, I got 15 more minutes left before this pastor is done. He says, what more can I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith... Conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Verse 36, others suffered mocking, flogging, chains, imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and the caves of the earth, and they kept going because of their faith. The preacher is trying to tell y'all that your faith has feet. It has to walk itself out in your life. That your belief is proven in your battle. This wasn't some passive hope in the unseen. It was a present passion to trust God every day in their actions. If you're in any kind of fight today, you need to know right now that faith in God is proven as you trust him daily. A more recent example, if I can bring it home, uh, this is kind of a, the the text is a a list of heroes of the faith, but I have a personal hero of faith. He was a church planner in New York. His name is Pastor Timothy Culler. And a few decades ago, he planted a church. He was called to plant a church in New York City. He only accepted the call after two other people said no. How many of y'all know that your opportunity was because some other people rejected it? Y'all ready for that? he said yes to a call that two other people said, I don't want that job. He started a church with 50 people. Two decades later, would see 5,000 people a week come to services. At Redeemer Church. And during COVID, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Now, this hero of the faith who has seen God do mighty things in his life said that when his cancer diagnosis came to him, he had to activate a different level of faith. You see, he says we struggle in the West when, when battles come our way. Because when earthly battles come to us, we oftentimes place our hope in this place. And so our faith doesn't get stronger, it gets shaken when battles come. He said he had to activate his mind and his heart to grow in faith in the face of death. He said when you're faced with your own mortality, all of a sudden you have to think more deeply on what the resurrection of Jesus means for you. So I had to activate my mind, he says, to think more deeply on the resurrection. But I also had to activate my heart, he said. I had to dive into the Psalms and ask God to build a deeper relationship, help my affections to grow stronger for who he is and what he's doing in me through my suffering. You see, our hope isn't in this world. So when the world comes at us, our hope can increase, not decrease. I need to encourage somebody today that you're allowing the battle you're in to break you. But God brought the battle you're in to activate your faith, to strengthen you above where you currently are. What I'm trying to get you to see today is the same thing that the author of Hebrews is trying to get us to see from all these testimonies. Is that this truth is success leaves clues. Verse one of Hebrews 11 says, therefore. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. You see, the author is telling us, and Pastor Tim is telling us, hey, look at my life. Look at the testimony of faith in me. Draw strength from that because success in faith leaves clues. Look to me. And I don't know, the old pastor would say it like this. He would say, hey, when God is blessing people in uh, when God is blessing your neighbor, it means he's in the neighborhood. That's right. Some of y'all look at people around you who are struggling but still have faith, and you get angry. You're like, why aren't you cynical like me? We're struggling the same way, but but you seem to be elevating, and I'm decreasing. I don't understand this, and I get angry. But God would say, hey, if I'm blessing your neighbor, it means I'm in the neighborhood. If you can look around and see testimonies of people around you who, despite their circumstances, are activating their faith, you're in the right place. Church, listen, if you can look around this room right now and see people, and you know their situation isn't the most desirable, but their faith is growing, don't go somewhere else. Stay right where you're at and say, God, I see you're in the neighborhood. I'm going to stay in this cul-de-sac because just like the ice cream man, he's coming back around. It may not be right now, but it's going to be right on time. Amen? If he's blessing your neighbor, he's in the neighborhood. And success leaves clues. How can I get the kind of faith you have? I'm going to watch you, observe you, and lean in to what you're doing. Your faith can grow in your battle. Your belief is proven in your battle. The second thing I want us to look at today is that the goal of faith is perseverance, not perfection. The goal is perseverance. Perseverance not perfection. One of the most amazing things about this list of faithful people is not how faithful they were, but rather how messed up they were. That's what I love about the Bible, right? The Bible is not like your Instagram feed. Your Instagram feed is polished. Like only the best, y'all don't post your struggle plate on Instagram. Yeah. When you got peanut butter and jelly with some barbecue chips next to it, you don't post that plate. You post a (laughs) steak, With the Brussels sprouts, you know. But the Bible tells your whole business. Y'all better be glad that y'all aren't in the Bible. Because the Bible tells all your dirt. This whole list of faithful people, Noah's in this list. Do y'all know Noah was a drunk? Abraham is on this list. Abraham was a coward and an adulterer. Sarah tried to, to take shortcuts to God's promises. Jacob was a liar and a thief. Moses, y'all, Moses was a killer who hid the body. If Moses was alive today, he'd have a Netflix documentary on his man. You'd be binge-watching episode three of the, of the Moses series, right? It wouldn't be him with the tablets. It'd be, it'd be him killing somebody and hiding the body. Gideon, Samson, David all had major personal Issues. When God's word tells you to lay aside every sin and weight that so easily entangles you, the expectation is not for you to be perfect in that. It's for you to persevere, to keep doing it, to not be derailed by one day you mess up. See, oftentimes we we have so much hidden pride in our lives that we will give up a lifetime of faithfulness because we mess up one day. Like. Like you mess up today and be like, you know what? If I can't, if I can't knock it out every day, I'm not even gonna try. That's that's pride, not humility. That's you being proud, saying, if I can't be perfect, I won't even try. And God is saying, Hey, if there's another day coming tomorrow. You mess up today, don't let it go two days. Don't let it go three days, just come back to me tomorrow. Be consistent. The goal, y'all need to listen. The scripture says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Y'all need to quit trying to be perfect and work on being consistent. Somebody needs to write that down right now. Quit trying to be perfect and start being consistent. You're going to fail at perfection 100% of the time. But you can knock out consistency. You can do that. Keep following God day by day. And when troubles come, trust him. The goal is not to be perfect, but to persevere. And now this sounds great. It's it's a great little palmable statement you can grab and go with you. But, Pastor, what do I do if my faith feels too small? Like, you're telling me to be consistent, but I'm tired. Like, my situation is so deep, I don't want to continue on tomorrow. It feels good like a baby in a dirty diaper just to sit in my mess. Like, (laughs) Like, I know it's nasty, but it's mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, don't touch me. I want, I want this mess for myself. So what do I do when my faith feels small? I got four things I want to tell you to help you on what to do when your faith feels, feels small. Number one, ask for more. If you got small faith right now, ask for more. There, there's a story in Mark chapter 9 of a father who has a son who's afflicted by a demon. And he brings this son to Jesus. And he begins to describe to Jesus what this demon is doing to his son. In Mark chapter 9, verse 22, it says this. And it has often cast him, my son, into fire and into water to destroy him. But, speaking to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And don't miss this. Jesus said to him, if you can. This man's bringing his son to Jesus for healing. And he says, Jesus, if you can do anything, and I love kind of the boss statement that Jesus makes. Jesus is like, you've heard about what I've been doing, right? And you say, if I can do anything to help you? If you he says, all things are possible for those who believe. Immediately, the father of the child, with little faith, cries out and says, I believe, help my unbelief. You don't got to fake faith. You don't have to fake it. You can come to Jesus with that little bit of faith and say, would you give me more? Increase my faith, God. Help my unbelief. Because a lot of y'all are coming to Jesus with if statements. If you can help me, Jesus, would you give me a little bit of blessing right now? If you can move in this situation, God, would you show up? And Jesus is like, do you see the, look backwards on your life. Do you see all I've done? And you're saying, if I can help you. So we come to Jesus with if statements. And he says, hey, bring that little bit of faith over here and ask for more. And I'm still going to show up for you. The second thing you got to do if you've got a little faith right now, borrow what you don't have. Borrow what you don't have. Mark chapter two tells a story about a paralytic man who can't even get himself up off his mat, but has four friends. Who take him to Jesus. This is what the word of God says in Mark chapter 2. And they came bringing to Jesus a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Watch this. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. He then would tell him, get up and walk. Was it the paralytic's faith that brought about his healing? No. It was the faith of his friends. Jesus is telling y'all today, some of you need better friends. Yeah, some of y'all need some friends that when you can't get to Jesus, will take you to Jesus. The problem isn't that your faith is too small. The problem is the people around you don't have enough faith. I need to get around some people whose faith is greater than mine. So when my faith feels small, I can borrow some from Pastor Ern. I say, hey, I see you out here grinding, trying to grow this church. I need to borrow some of that faith in my life. I need, when I don't have enough faith for me, I need to borrow from people around me. So you got to ask for more. you got to borrow what you don't have. Number three, got to know that even when your faith is small, it's still enough. <laughs> don't be depressed by your little bit of faith in this season. Know that it's still enough. Matthew 17 and 20. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Even a little bit of faith, when activated with the power of God, can do amazing things in your life. And I want to encourage somebody this morning because I feel like you're looking for momentary miracles to happen in your life. You think that moving a mountain happens immediately. I was walking in my backyard, and my backyard is kind of, it's a, it's a, a small mountain, it's a hill, but it's got these big, like, rocks in the backyard. And I was, I was looking out of the rocks, and I saw this tree growing up through the rocks. Tree's probably 30, 40 years old. And I realized that the rocks that it's growing between at one time were together. And I was like, man, that tree... Move that mountain. It didn't happen all at once. It happened inch by inch, year over year. What was the X factor? The tree just didn't stop growing. You may be in a hard place right now, feeling like a mountain is on top of you. And God is saying, hey, just keep growing. The miracle is in your momentum. Just don't stop growing. Keep coming to me. It may feel like it's nothing to the people around you, but you know I'm activating my faith just showing up on a Sunday. Just reading my Bible today. Just asking God for help. And the tree not only did it move a mountain from here to there, this tree is beginning to grow around the mountain. Catch this. So that the thing that used to be blocking its growth is now a part of its foundation. (laughs) <laughs> and I feel like some of y'all right now, you're struggling so much with what's keeping you from go- growing that you're, you're stopping. And God's saying, you know what? That struggle is going to be part of your foundation one day. That thing that you're saying, I can't get around this, it's going to move and you're going to build on top of it. This is what it looks like to move a mountain. Does this change our perspective? It's not a momentary miracle. It's a lifetime of momentum. Growing with God day by day. And the last thing, if you have small faith in this season, the last thing you need to do is ask God to show up anyway. (laughs) If you feel like you don't have enough faith, ask God to show up anyway. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I'm content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So, oh, you of little faith. You feel like you don't have nothing right now. That's exactly what God needs to do everything. You know, God created all things out of nothing. Ex nihilo is the term. That out of nothing, God created everything. So if you have nothing right now, you feel like you're empty, that's all the ingredients God needs to do everything he needs to in your life. Keep following God. And I think that as we continue to do this, what the the author would tell us today is that your faith will bring you to the finish line. Your faith, not your strength, not your gifting, not your ability, not your bank account, but your faith will bring you to the finish line. Uh, I I hope you all are encouraged today that that the fight you find yourself in is the perfect place for your faith to grow, that your faith don't have to look perfect, and that even a little faith is enough to move a mountain from here to there. And in this battle-tested, imperfect, mustard-seed kind of faith is the thing that'll take you to the finish line of your life. But I want to show you what it looks like to take daily steps in faith. Can y'all, I got an image I want to show y'all real quick. We think that faith looks like the ladder on the left. We think that faith only exists in the miracle, only exists in the big things that God is doing. And when we see faith that way, we can never reach it. We can't make any progress, but the reality of your faith looks like the image on the right. Small, little steps, day by day, to where you can, all, you can not only reach it, but you can lift others up as you climb. This is what faith looks like daily, incremental growth. Don't be discouraged because you're not growing as fast as some people are. That's okay. You're you're going to arrive just when God wants you to. Our text tells us that if we take daily steps, we don't need to just look at the example of the faith of the heroes to get us there. We don't just need to focus on the battle in front of us. We can endure and run this race as we are told in verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We are able to take these small steps of faith day by day only as we keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the one that gave us the faith to begin with, and that's why we can ask him for more. He's the founder of our faith. But not only that, he perfects our faith too. As we walk day by day, he walks with us every step of the way, cultivating faith in us, growing it as we keep our eyes on him, not our circumstances. He can do this with us because he has his own faith journey. Y'all know Jesus had a battle that he walked through as well? Jesus had pain that he entered into as well. The creator of the universe stepped into our situation. He endured the battle of the cross so that we could experience victory. This Jesus, God in the flesh, lived a sinless life and died a sinner's death. And he did it knowing that victory was on the other side of the fight. He had faith that the fight would be worth it. And they hung him on a cross, didn't they? They nailed his hands and his feet. They pierced his side, and he died there. Didn't he die? They buried him in a borrowed tomb, but early Sunday morning, he got back up. And now Hebrews tells us that he's seated at the right hand of the Father in power and authority. And he's telling us, I know about the pain you're going through. I know about the power. I'm a great high priest who has experienced what you're experiencing. And I'm telling you, just keep on going. You won't win this fight without faith, but you got to keep your eyes on Jesus if you want to get through this. You're going to need faith if you want to get through this fight. He says to us, look to him in the face of battle, and I'll get you through this. Is this a hard time for your family? Are you in a difficult season in your family? Keep your eyes on Jesus. are, Are you feeling disconnected from friends in this season? Look to Jesus. Have you made a mess of things all by yourself? Look to Jesus. Are you fighting for your very life right now? Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and he will see you through. And I want to close like this because I feel like faith can be a struggle for so so many of us because the battle is so real. I was at at my parents' house in St. Louis getting ready to drive back to Kansas City with my family uh, last November. I woke up November 30th. I woke up and I went and got my coffee. And stared out the kitchen window. Y'all ever just been too tired in the morning? You're not woken up yet? You just kind of stare off in the distance, like, though we're doing I'm not a millionaire yet, God. Like we're still, we're still doing this thing, okay? And I'm staring off into the distance, and I look out the window, and the fog in St. Louis is so thick I can't see 10 feet. I want to show y'all what the what the fog looks like in St. Louis, November 30th of last year. That's the arch on the far left side of that picture. And the whole city is covered in fog. And I realized, like, we got to drive across the state. I can't leave the house right now. I got my three babies and my wife with me. We can't drive in this fog. And my dad, is he's just getting up, too, and he says, hey, don't worry, son. Like, when the sun gets high enough, it'll burn off the fog. And it'll go away. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, every 15 minutes, I keep coming outside and checking if the fog's gone yet. I'm ready, I'm ready to go. Now, in the meantime, my kids have made a complete mess of the house. Our stuff is strewn about everywhere in this house. So I'm like, well, hey, while I'm waiting for the fog to go away, how about I get busy doing what I know to do right now? So I start packing up my clothes. I start getting the house clean. I start, you know, everybody's got to go to the bathroom. Everybody brush your teeth. Everybody get your shoes on. We've lost three shoes. How did we lose three shoes? Go find the shoes we lost. We're doing all this. Because if you've got kids, you never get a vacation. The vacation is just, hey, the vacation is just playing the parenting game on enemy territory. You just, you just, you just don't have home field advantage anymore. And so we get the kids ready to go, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and start uh, packing the car up. And so it's about lunchtime now. I go to pack the car up, and as I go out to pack the car up, I realize the fog is beginning to lift. And I look out over the. My parents live out in the country. I look out over the fields, and there's a tree line off in the distance. And I see the fog. It literally looks like it's running for the trees. The sunlight is so bright now that the fog can't stay where it was. And I want to close by telling you I feel like the battle may be bringing a fog in your life. And you can't see. You know you need to go somewhere. You know it's some growth coming. But you can't leave where you are right now because you can't see where you're going. And I want you to hear what my dad told me. Hey, eventually the sun's gonna burn off that fog. Eventually you're gonna get to see some vision. So, in the meantime, be faithful doing what you know to do now. Get your house in order. Do some day by day obedience because you're gonna find yourself looking outside and the vision's clear, but you're not ready to go. So, you gotta pack everything up, you gotta do the work you can do now. To prepare you for what God's going to do in the future. You see, the sun's working. The fog's heavy, but the sun's doing what it's supposed to do. I had faith that that sun was going to raise here, stay here, and then land over here. Because that's what the sun does every day. And I know that God has promises for you in your life. And he's going to bring them to pass. Because he does what he says he will do. If you will just take the step-by-step obedience to say yes to Jesus today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are faithful. Just like the sun rises and sets, we can depend on you. God, some of us right now are walking through a battle that we were not prepared for. We didn't have the skill set for, but we're stuck in the middle of it, God. We're asking for your help. Lord, to speak to us to increase our faith to help us to move mountains in our lives. And God, that even when we feel like we don't have enough, God, we just ask you to do it anyway because you love us. So God, I'm praying for my brothers and sisters right now locked in a battle who feel like fog is all around them. Help us to get busy doing what we know to do now. Help us to prepare ourselves for what you're making a way for in the future. For anybody in this room searching for faith, God, help them to see that there is no way forward apart from the cross of Jesus from faith in you. God, activate our faith today for the first time or for the thousandth time, God. We say, God, we believe that help our unbelief. We ask all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Hey guys, put your attention